Hello and welcome to Go With The Flow Podcast. This is your girl, Robin Flow. Thanks for tuning in. Today we are going to be talking about Married to Medicine, Episode 2. So sit back, relax, and get ready to enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome back. So we are on episode two of the newest season of Married to Medicine. It really wasn't much going on in this episode, to be completely honest, but, you know, that's what we're here for, to review it. So let's get into it. So from last episode, we uh, came off of Heavenly's husband, Damon. It was his 50th birthday party, and so Toya is... She was drunk and she was really being extra, like really extra. And I'm really like wondering, are you really drunk? Are you using alcohol as an opportunity to just be super messy? Like, are you trying to stir up drama? Because like, I feel like when we watch these episodes, I mean, when we watch these shows, it's like a, it's a constant push pull, right? Because there's certain things that are really extra and it feels fabricated. And then as an audience, you know, Although we know we're going in for entertainment, you kind of feel like, I really know that you're doing the most right now, and I don't believe it, and this is just not working for me. But then when everybody's kumbaya getting along, then it's boring because you're just like, I mean, are y'all all faking? Like, I mean, to me personally, when I watch like reality TV, I used to really, really like like the Braxton, something that's either talent-based or family-based. But as you can see, a lot of times those shows end up tearing families apart because it's that pressure to kind of perform and, you know, you got to make sure you do a good read. You got to make sure, you know, you always with the hottest fashion. You have to make sure that you're stirring up drama, but not too much drama. You know, it's just kind of like... Like it is a job and it is a check, so it's kind of like do what you got to do to keep it flunk, keep it moving. But it's also like sometimes you just don't know if people's motivation is like, are you truly concerned? Because she was being drunk, uh, being extra, because she was saying that she felt like Simone and Heavenly were faking their makeup back when at the uh, reunion in New York. And I don't know, I just felt like she was just she was just doing the most. Like even before she got there, it was just kind of like. You already knew before you came that you really didn't want to be here. And I get that you guys like Damon, but like, if you're going to act like you miserable, then don't come. Like, stay home. Your husband can come without you. But I guess, you know, y'all got to film your scene so you can get your check. So be that as it may. So um, she goes over to the men and she's all loud and doing the most. And Eugene, her husband, had to send her on a walk back to their um their vehicle because she was just uh, you know just over the top with it so heavenly and simone supposedly squash it and simone says jackie she feels like she's weighing her relationship with heavenly like they're on equal footing and obviously that hurts simone because a 23 year old friendship is really not the same as a maybe seven eight year friendship or six year friendship whatever it is it doesn't really stand up to the friendship that she built with Jackie after all this time. And although I do totally understand, and I probably will feel a little butthurt too, at the same time, like we're grown and 
Sometimes you don't have to know somebody for a long time to have a connection with them. And the truth of the matter is, even if you hold both of those relationships dear to your heart, they still have different dynamics. You know what I mean? Like my friends, my friend that I've known for 20 plus years, we it's we have that like I haven't seen you in forever. We're gonna pick up where we left off. We always gonna laugh and have a good time. And friends that I've known for shorter times that I have a good time with, it's the same, but it's different. You know what I mean? Like I, it's almost like you're like when you love your mom versus when you love a, a, a spouse, a significant other. You you love both of them, but it's a different kind of love. So I mean, I do understand where someone was coming from, but I also feel like. If you have confidence, it almost kind of seemed a little like an insecurity. Like if you have confidence in the relationship that you built with Jackie after all this time, you're really going to let the fact that she's friends with somebody else interfere with what you guys have been building on. Like, I don't know. I mean, and and maybe it's because sometimes people don't give as much effort. You know, sometimes it's like when you've been with somebody for a long time or, you know, you feel like it's almost like clockwork and you don't put the same kind of effort in. I really don't know. Like, I just kind of feel like, I feel like y'all need to get over it, but it's complicated. It's complicated because obviously like it almost kind of feels like if it takes something kind of petty like this to crack your relationship, maybe you guys need it to break y'all friendship and maybe y'all eventually can put it back together again. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes when people um break from their relationships it may not be forever but it may be a season that they need to be apart and then when they come back together maybe they can come back stronger but I don't know because it kind of feels like Simone is the type to be like I forgive you but she really she really don't forgive you so anyway after she says something about kind of feeling like the fact that Heavenly's relationship that Jackie is kind of holding them in equal regard they showed a montage of their relationship, their friendship overall, you know, since the show started. And, you know, it's just kind of sad because you're just like, you know, Jackie, Dr. Jackie and Dr. Simone are such, um, they're kind of like the heart of the show. And so the two of them not being friendly, it just feels weird and uncomfortable and kind of like, I don't want to force, like, I don't think it's worth it to force a friendship. Like, if you're going to say sorry, but you don't really mean it then don't say sorry. Don't say we're going to make up and we're going to be kicking and good friends again if that's not really what's on your heart. Like, be true to how you truly do, truly, truly feel. But it just feels like after all those years, if you could just let it slip like that, you know, in the stubbornness, it's just, it's like you stubborn, nobody wants to break down and just be like, I'm hurt. You know, like they're saying it, but they're not really digging deeper. And like, maybe that's the problem. You know, maybe their friendship has been genuine, but it's still surface because I feel like, you know, obviously you can have good girlfriends, sister friends, people who truly you feel like they're your sisters, they're your best friends. You know, there's different layers to friendship. Um, And sometimes some take a little more effort to kind of find that connect between y'all. For some people, it's about spending quality time. It's like the love languages that you have in relationships, the same thing kind of goes into friendships too. So anyway, I hope that they work it out. I mean, based on what I saw on Watch What Happens Live that comes on after um, Married to Medicine and Real Housewives of Atlanta, it sounds like they still haven't fixed it. So I don't know, maybe at the reunion, 
I don't know. But anyway, so Jackie kind of rebuttaled and said that she felt like Simone didn't have her back when it came to the Buffy situation. Now, I know some people kind of feel like Jackie seems like she just wants someone to be a yes man to her. But I don't really think her issue with Simone is really much different. I think Jackie probably feels hurt because she's like, you know me the longest. You know my heart. You know, you shouldn't you shouldn't have let the situation spiral. But in the same breath, what Jackie said, and maybe it was editing, they probably cut stuff out to make it look a certain way. It came off kind of callous. It came off kind of... Um, especially as a doctor, kind of like, why would you say that in front of all these people? You know, you didn't ask permission to put this person on blast because she was talking to her about, she was talking about infertility and basically trying to relate how since she hasn't had, she didn't have kids because of experiencing cancer, fighting cancer twice, I believe, that her and Buffy who had, um, had trouble getting pregnant and I guess, um, had lost a pregnancy, uh, shortly before that I'm not sure if Jackie knew that or not but because of that trying to kind of say like you know we're in this thing together or she can understand me and the thing is I'm not going to give her a cop out because she's a doctor but sometimes people can be great people have great intentions but they don't always deliver the message the best way um, and maybe because she's a doctor I'm not saying all doctors are like this but some people who think you know like they think with one side of their brain, sometimes they don't like before they say stuff, they don't think like maybe this is lacking a little bit of compassion. You know, it's kind of like facts are facts. If you get if your feelings get hurt in the, the course of that, that's on you. And maybe that's what was going on. I'm not going to speculate. I don't know what was in Jackie's brain, but I really don't think Jackie was trying to be hurtful, but it did hurt Buffy. And I think Buffy made her, you know, she was upset about it. Jackie apologized. Jackie apologized again. I think Jackie apologized like three, four times. And then when it got to the reunion, she was like, I mean, Jack, I mean, Buffy was still like, do you feel like that was a real apology? And Jackie was kind of like, look, I'm sorry. And I'm done. And I was kind of with um, Dr. Jackie because although what she said was wrong, I truly don't think she meant it in that way. Um, I think, you know, obviously Buffy was embarrassed and hurt. And if I was her, I probably would feel some kind of way too. I'm not discounting Buffy's feelings, but I also feel like, you know, it's just like the way that you can't, you can't uh, dictate how somebody accepts an apology. You also really can't control how somebody gives you an apology. Like, you know, when an apology really ain't shit, you know what I mean? Sorry for my language, but like, you know, when an apology really ain't nothing, like it don't really hold no weight. But you don't really know each other like that. Like, as far as I know, y'all don't have no history of a, a friendship before this. So if she says she's sorry, she may not be compassionate. You know, she not that she's not compassionate, but she may not be a person who's like, I'm so sorry. And, you know, like, boo-hoo, I hurt your feelings. Like, people, everybody's not like that. Some people are like, I hurt you. I'm, I don't really have a connect with you. And I, I tried something out. It didn't work. I'm sorry. 
Like, I really am truly sorry, even if you don't feel like I'm giving it to you the way you want it. And if I say sorry to you once and that's not good enough, and I say sorry to you twice and that's still not good enough, like, eventually someone's going to get tired of apologizing because it's like, do you want the apology or do you want it the way you want it? Like, should I ask you, so what's what would be a good apology for you? Now let me do it for you the way you want it. Now let me put on a show for you so you can feel better. Are we done now? You know, so anyway, Jackie felt like, um, Simone didn't have her back in that situation and really from the clips what it showed and from what I remember from watching it I mean it seemed like Simone kind of seems like a you know you gotta be careful because once you put stuff out there you know you put it out there in the world it'd be out there but like it kind of feels like Simone can kind of be like a fair weather friend like when it's all good and if she feels like you are y'all on the same page and y'all vibing, she's with you. But if she doesn't like you or y'all not seeing eye to eye, she could just trade you up real quick. And like, I feel like just like any other kind of relationship, although it can be hurtful, sometimes friends fall out. That does not mean they don't love each other. That does not mean that they can't make up sometimes. Sometimes it's, it's over and done with. And sometimes it's just like, we just, for whatever reason, we going through a, a bump in the road in our relationship, you know, just like a marriage. It takes work. Sometimes it is not great. Sometimes there are moments where you just can't even understand why you're together. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of levels. So I just feel like if you really truly friends with somebody and they mean that much to you, you know, it, it has to be, I feel like it's better to be like, we're not speaking on that person. I'm not going to be like, speaking negatively on them, if they meant that much to me, you know, I don't want to be around people speaking negatively about them. Like, even if we ain't vibing, I'm not going to sit up here and talk shit about my friend or someone who I consider like a sister. So I just hope that they get over it. Cause I mean, I don't know. I just think it's, it's not the source of it doesn't seem important enough for this rift in their relationship. So Simone walks away, walks away and she prepares to leave and she starts cussing, you know, start fussing back again and, and heavily gets up and they, you know, her husband got to tell her to be quiet. He tell her almost everything, but shut, shut up. Um, because, you know, heavily be like, she be, she be with it. She, she says she's not a fighter, but she got that, that mouth is something serious. So basically no resolution is made. The party is over. They leave or whatever. So later on the episode, um, Toya was talking to her kids who were doing virtual learning and she talks about the school that they were in. And basically, like she said, she took her sons. She has two um, two sons. Um, she took them out of the school because the school wasn't really speaking up for Black Lives Matter. And she really didn't appreciate that. Um, she lives in the suburbs. She lives in what looks like a predominantly white neighborhood. So she probably put her sons in a predominantly white school and you know, not to say it was a culture shock. I mean, not a culture shock, but not to say she was surprised that they weren't talking about Black Lives Matter, but it probably, you know, was um, it, it was off-putting enough that she realized that maybe that wasn't a good fit for her kids. Um, you know, I think when it comes to schooling and being Black in America, um, it can be tricky. Like, I think people just think, you know, just deal with it. It's life. You know, my kid didn't enjoy their school. Oh, well, kids get over it. They get past it. But, like, honestly, now, you know, 
I don't think, I think that it's so ignorant and short-sighted to say things like that because there's so many people that still have wounds from things that they experienced in high school. And then when they have kids, they try to so hard to help their kids avoid it that they start planting other seeds, you know what I'm saying? Because of the hurt that they experienced from people. And I think that when you go to a school and you're one of a few it, I wouldn't say it's completely damaging. It really just depends on the experience because you could be a, one of a few and not have no problem, not have really any problems. But if you're one of a few and people are treating you differently, discriminating against you, making you feel like you don't belong, and truthfully, you don't feel like you belong because you know that there's not that many of you, it can create issues. So I do think it was good that she moved them to a school that aligned better with her beliefs. Um, and it probably was helpful for the boys. You know, they, they probably... They seem like boys who could find friends anywhere, but um, I think it's just, it's so, it's so, representation means so much. I don't think there's, um, I just, I just, I don't even know how to sum up how important it is for kids, for adults even, to see themselves in school and their teachers you know, it, it it totally means a lot. And I wish that someday that we could all just be, you really, I want, like, I want my kids to go to a school where it's diverse, like, not mostly this or mostly that. Like, I want it to be a good mix of everybody because the world that we live in is everybody, you know? It's not like, oh, well, it's 70% this and the rest of y'all, um, or, well, that's not really true. That's not really true, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it needs to be a more of an effort um, for schools to look like the world that we live in and to be more inclusive. That's the problem. If people are more inclusive and treated kids like kids and not you're different because you're, you know, you have this experience or, um, I mean, I think there's a way to be respectful of the fact that our differences are what make us special and beautiful and wonderful and enriching each person's lives with those gifts instead of making someone feel other or feel left out. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, so then we go to Contessa. Contessa looking all good. I wish I could look that. I ain't gonna lie, y'all. I just had a baby six months ago. And before I had that baby, mama was, you know, putting on some weight, had some depression weights, you know, some coping weights. So she's working hard trying to get herself back together uh, to a place where she can feel happy about what she sees in the mirror. I'm searching for the girl in the mirror. Anyway, um... But yeah, Contessa's jogging to her new office that's um, being, um, I mean, the, I think the office is being renovated and she, her, Scott meets her up there. He drives, she's jogging and um, they had a cute little moment getting to the office and, you know, they're looking around and talking about getting permits and um, how they need to work together. Like, not at, like they have actually worked together. But, like, their relationship, it seems like they're kind of in a rough patch. Scott talks about how he thought that they didn't need therapy and he didn't want to participate anymore, which is a thing that I think is becoming a lot less common. But, you know, um, Black people, Black men don't really believe in therapy. 
And so it's not surprising that he thought that they didn't, maybe he thought their issues weren't that big. And so that's why he thought that they could just not do it. But it seems that he's realizing that that's actually not enough to um, get over the, the humps in their relationship. And I know we've seen previews that obviously something goes on between the two of them. So I guess we have to just wait and see how that pans out. Um, Heavenly shows her office, um, shows her office off. Um, and she does work on a popular, uh, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't know. Gossip blogger slash, uh, YouTube personality. I mean, he's, I don't, I don't know the proper title for, for uh, Funky Dineva, but he, you know, he's well-known and um, they show a couple of little clips of his work. Um, he, he's, he's definitely paved the way for commentary, not just on TV shows, but social commentary and all that stuff. So um, that was really cool because I know that they do a lot of record. They talk about the episodes together. Like they have a, a, a friendship. And so it was really cool to see him. And she hooked his teeth up, made sure he was looking good. Um, then we get to Anila, who's the newest cast member and her hubby. She talks about their history, how they met seven years ago. And they, they have two kids. Um, she was when uh, before that that happened, and she, I guess, you know, she settled down to be a mom and a wife. She had a corporate job in New York. She was you know, she was doing it. She was making good money. And um, so after she settled in, she decided to become a gossip blogger and she kind of a fashion blogger. And she talks about that and she seems really happy. She's cute. Um, so that was dope. Um, I'm, I'm definitely am curious to see how her relationship pans out on this show. Because one thing I will say is she seemed very comfortable because it was issues she she really knows nothing about. And she seems to be putting in a lot of input. So it could be that she's trying her hardest to make a big impact right away um, and to cement her position on the show. Um, because, you know, sometimes you got to you got to it's like you don't want to be quiet, but you kind of got to fall back and observe what's going on before you jump in on issues that you don't understand. So I'm curious to see what happens with her, but she is, her and Toya connected her, the builder for Toya's beautiful house um, is also the builder for her house. So that's how they, she said they clicked instantly. She helped introduce her to the neighborhood. And then I was like, kind of like, are you using Toya to climb, like as a social climber? I don't know, something, something. I don't know. Something about that made me go, hmm, I don't know. What y'all think? You think Anila's going to be a good fit? Do you think she's going to stick around after this season? Do you think her and Toya have a surface friendship or something deeper? Hmm. We just have to wait to find out. So then we go to Simone's son, um, Michael. He's having, she's having like a, a tailgate to celebrate his graduation because of course with COVID, you know, he couldn't be at school with his friends and, you know, it's kind of like, I feel so bad for like if you were graduating from eighth grade or from college or from high school or even your freshman year, like those experiences that you would have normally got normally had a lot of uh, young people missed out on that or younger people. I mean, I mean, you know, uh, missed out on that experience. So I thought it was really cool that she had this um, event for him and his friends came and all that stuff. Um, Toya's there. Toya and Eugene are there. Anila is there. Um, but she didn't invite a Jackie, and they do talk about that. And she's basically kind of like, 
if me and her ain't vibing, then I'm not going to invite her. But it just seemed, it felt wrong. Like, I understand. I understand because if it's, you don't want there to be drama at the event for your son. But uh, Jackie, was she talks to Curtis about how, you know, she was there. She was the first person to put hands on Michael. She delivered him. And, you know, obviously they have a special connection. And so, you know, I think that really, really hurt her that she couldn't be there. So it was like, it's weird because it's like, if you guys ever bounce back and be cool again, that's a moment that you can't recreate. But at the same time, I guess if her and I don't know if Simone's the type of person who's like, if you're not messing with me, you can't talk to my kids. I don't know. Like, I don't know if, if, you know, because to me, it was like, this is Auntie Jackie. This ain't just one of your friends. I mean, she's been around literally to bring you into this world. So... I don't know how they get over that, but that would hurt my feelings if I was in that person's life ever since their baby was, even if it wasn't from birth, but like, you know, since they were little and, you know, we had a falling out. I guess it just depends on how bad the fallout is. I don't know. You just got to find a way to be there for the kids because, you know, maybe you could, she could have, I don't know if she maybe texted him, sent him a gift or something, but that just, it seems like it's just going to continue to put a rift in their relationship. So... Um, they were kind of talking, they was kind of being a little messy. Like they saw somebody and they were like, oh, is that Jackie here? And Simone was laughing with them and it'll go back, kind of call back to what I was talking about earlier. Like if this is someone who I want to, I want to mend our friendship eventually, I'm not going to be sitting around and kicking with y'all about, I'm not going to do that. Like, I just feel like that's super messy and it's just going to come back to bite you in the butt. So I didn't really like that. I just hope they get over it. Um, in the scene where Jackie was talking to Curtis, her husband, about missing out on Michael's uh, celebration, um, she just talks about being hurt that they can't put their differences aside. And um, I don't know, Simone feels like she put the ego aside, but that's definitely not what it comes across as. Like, I know y'all always talk about editing and they, you know, show this and not that, but it really looked like she was being mad petty. Um, I just hope that this whole season isn't about bringing the two of them together. It's seen as though in real time they haven't made up. I'm sure they're going to see stuff over the course of the season that's going to make them mad because you film and you go through it. Then you watch it with everybody else and you hear everybody else's commentary and they get in your ear and your head. Then you got to go and do the, the, the reunion. Like, that's a lot. Um, so just to close out the episode, Simone goes to Heavenly's house with a bottle of champagne so they can make peace. They start talking about the history of their beef and Heavenly apologizes to Simone. And basically like Cecil was on Twitter tweeting something reckless and Heavenly is really big about like keep the husbands out of it. I don't cut, I don't fuss with men like that's men's business. And I guess Cecil was coming at her and she came, she came back at him. And he didn't like it. And that was kind of the beginning of of the demise of her and Simone's relationship at the time. And she basically says, like, you know, just she felt like you should have told your husband, don't do that. You know, don't get involved in women's mess. Um, I think she said that Simone didn't really approve of it, but she kind of feels like maybe Simone low-key was behind some of those tweets, like kind of using Cecil as um a guys to kind of say the things that she wanted to say so i don't know child i mean they said they kissed and made up but it's they probably it's not real uh, it's not real it's temporary um and she speaks on jackie and simone fixing their beef 
Then in the background, the dog picks up a baby squirrel and they run off because, uh, and that's the conclusion of the episode. So it was an okay episode. Like it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was, it was what it was. It moved the story along. So, you know, we just got to wait and see how it all pans out. So yeah. What did you guys think of the episode? Are you excited about the season? Are there, do you want to see Jackie and Simone get over it? Or you feel like their relationship really has come to a close and it's the end of a chapter? I don't know. I don't know. Should Jackie feel bad for feeling like she loves Heavenly and Simone the same? Should she have, you know, gone above and beyond to let um, Simone know that that wasn't the case and that Simone and her relationship was uh, held in a different regard and more special to her? I mean, I feel like some things are a given. Like, Jackie, to me, is a person who sometimes people get mad at her because she says things very matter-of-factly and people think it that she's being cold and calculated i don't know so if you made it this far thank you so much for listening please share um uh tune in we'll be talking about this again next week thank you for uh listening to go with the flow podcast if you want to send me a email or talk about other shows please email me at g-o-w-t-f podcast at gmail.com until next time i'll talk to you guys bye